That was a uh, vagabond with um, the embers uh, who I think may be the only black woman I have ever known to have uh, the only person I know who's doing alt rock, who is a black woman, which is awesome. Uh, I believe uh, the lead singer of weaves is African American, oh. but that's, that's indie rock. I would say not, sort of alt, the alt-rock throwback thing. But you're right. There's plenty of more modern indie rock bands. I guess this is an entirely artificial distinction I'm making. But uh, it's cool to have some diversity in the space is all I'm saying. Paul, i got to interrupt. There's a breaking news story on CNN coming through. Oh, shit. Uh, it says uh, that uh, there is a, a video of you uh, that the Russians are holding uh-huh. in order to manipulate uh, what you say on this podcast, uh-huh. uh, they want you to promote Vladimir Putin, Putin's favorite bands, uh, uh, uh-huh. such as the 19- Pussy Riot, Pussy Riot, the <laughs> nineteen seventy five normal dictator <laughs> stuff. Uh, uh, he definitely likes ACDC. Uh, oh yeah, not that there's anything wrong with ACDC. Uh, no, ACDC sucks. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, Paul, what do you think is on this video? Um, you know, they could probably just say please and I would do whatever they want. But um, uh, I don't know, Joe. How how bad do they have me? It's pretty bad. You know, uh, according to the tweets uh, coming in, multiple sources uh, confirm that it is a video of you uh, singing along uh, to... Uh, DC Talk's entire Jesus Freak album uh, running uh-huh. around your room. Uh, the embarrassing part is it's from 2014. <laughs> uh, it would be embarrassing in any year. And um, uh, all I can say is that um, by this time I'll be dead tomorrow. <laughs> I have to say, I feel, like, <clears throat> I feel like if you were truly to have some compromat, uh, mm-hmm. it would be that you had hired... Uh, lots of really angsty twenty-something uh, artist women to scream at each other. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Just art, you know, very with with a lot of soul and you know. Oh plus, yeah, yeah. As, as, as I see their soul is being torn asunder. <laughs> uh, that would definitely be my style. This is 
this is actually, I think I'll just do a stage play of that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that counts as a musical or not, but uh, you're right. Um, there's only so much uh, I can do to counteract that. Joe, unfortunately though, uh, I have received uh, a dossier uh, on you that itself mm. has some disturbing allegations. Wow. Um, now I can't say where I got this, uh, but I will say that everyone in Washington DC is reading it and talking about it. Wow. Um, yeah, but, uh, th I think the most explosive of the allegations, uh, was that, uh, uh, in early August, 2016, an associate of yours, oh um, unnamed, uh, but you don't have that many associates. So we can probably figure this out. Um, an associate of yours, uh, speaking, she believed in confidence, uh, to a friend said, uh, that you like to listen to, uh, while you're reading Elena Ferrante, uh, you do that to uh, a soundtrack of Dead Mouse, which wow. um, that's just uh, such, a, such a horrible combination that I think you have to resign, but you'll have to tell me how you feel about that. I, that's how I get my, get my release. I deaden the mind. I, I deaden all the senses. Uh, by bombarding them with uh, the the mindless, mm. uh, and uh, I, th I feel like I'm more worried that there's visual uh, because, of course, I do this uh, covered in Nutella. <laughs> Joe, you're just always covered in Nutella. That well, is. yes. True. <laughs> Beast. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Gallagher, uh, and with me, as always, uh, Paul McLeod. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? It's uh, it's a lovely Sunday night. It is. It's uh, it's a snowy Sunday here in Portland. We got about a foot this week, which uh, shut this city down. Did you go to the office at all this week? Uh, only like once. Hmm. Yes. But it's pretty nice. uh, it, it is nice. It is nice, but uh, also annoying as fuck. <laughs> Arizona has um, no natural disasters that ever happen, so uh, never really get out of anything on account of the weather. You couldn't. There's no disaster that could strike that would like keep you from going to work. The worst thing that could happen is a monsoon storm, which can be a really violent rainstorm for an hour or two. Mm. It's usually hit in the evening, so no, we never have. Uh, tornadoes or hurricanes or earthquakes or fires or anything. No dust storms. Suppose you know Phoenix gets hits with those occasionally, but I have never seen one in Tucson. Mm. Uh, I don't know if we don't have enough arid wastes around us to make it happen. I just see everyone uh, transforming Mad Max for like an hour and just <laughs> kind of it's like the purge. <laughs> yeah, that's just a city ordinance though. We don't need the weather yeah, for that. Tucson, right, Tucson is kind of the purge. Uh Paul, <laughs> uh what are we talking about this in uh in this episode? 
our our album du jour mm-hmm. is the XX. Yes, I see you. I you see me. Um, mm-hmm. You don't see me. Uh, no. I should buy a webcam so we could video during these. I just I'm going to cut this part. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to talk about the the new highly anticipated third album from the XX. Uh, first, uh, we want to talk about memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly, uh, does it count as a meme if it's a, a a Facebook post where you have to respond with your own list to something, your own response, and like it kind of it's like a chain post. I think this is closer to the original idea of a meme, which is just a repeated idea, but far from the actual current meaning of meme, which is uh, a funny picture. It's all garbage. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're good memes, Joe. Our life, our lives have been enriched by memes. I that is argue. true. I gotta I gotta recommend. There's a Twitter account called Kale Salad uh, that uh, mm. compiles all the original sources of uh, memes uh, as they are tweeted. Good stuff. Um, Wait, do you not know know your meme? Because that's where I always go. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes, yes. Um, so I uh, uh, this meme uh, was drawn. Uh, to my attention from two sources, one on Facebook itself, uh, where I saw people were posting uh, their 10 favorite albums from high school. Uh, oh, wait, is that what this is? I thought it was the 10 you listened to the most. So mine is significantly more embarrassing on account of that. Uh, I see. I don't know. Just Maybe I misinterpreted it or I, the meme could have shifted significantly. The, from meme, one. the meme has gone viral. Um, um, I can I can speak evolving. to both of those questions. Um, if it's what I listen to the most, though, that's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> so I saw people earnestly filling it out on Facebook, and then I saw a lot of uh, musicians on our Twitter feed complaining about it, uh, about how everyone was pretending to have elite woke, woke taste in high yeah. school, uh, listening to My Bloody Valentine on repeat. Did uh, not do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of Mudvayne, as I think Cloud Nothings put it. Yeah. Um, even, uh, I think Angriest was one of your best friends, uh, How to Dress Well. Uh, <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he was just he was just saying that everyone's list was trash and that no one was being honest. Mm. Uh, I, I do notice there's a thing with like... Uh, uh, indie artists who are favored by elite taste now mm. to pretend like they have trash taste and they are cool because they aren't pretentious. Like, uh, yes. Um, I, so I don't know if it's affected or not, but it seems affected to me because your music is way better than like three Eleven, whom you're citing as uh, this great band you love or, uh, the spice girls or something. So I'm not sure I really believe you. Um, and I think that it's sort of that Tina Fey thing where they, uh, over, yes, I don't want to say overestimate. It's just overblown, like how nerdy they were and uncool. Like mm-hmm. that's part of their image. Yeah. You know? And then when you actually investigate it, you're like, no, actually probably like Sadie Dupuis was b- pretty fucking cool. Like by our standards in high school. You know, even if she did own a 311 record. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to harass Sadie anymore. But uh. <laughs> Oh, right. 
were banned. <laughs> she was just another person who had brought it up on. Oh on no, I know. The, I she's who place. I had in mind. I just didn't want to. <laughs> You're still allowed to speak her name. I know. I know. I just I uh, I feel bad. That's all. Um. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Joe, uh, I. I don't know when you when they say your favorite ten albums in high school, like so. Let's the do actual albums you liked the most in high school. Let's do you, the way you did it. You if okay. you did it one way, with the ones well, you listened to the most. Yeah, which is just a guess, of course. Yeah, I have no, I have no uh, uh, last dot FM stats from high school because I am too old for that, millennials. Um, so <laughs> do you still scrabble? Oh no, not okay. anymore. I was <laughs> um, yeah, so they're actually at the top of my list. There are no um, surprises. Oh wow, but um, Ching, that ha. was a joke ha. that I didn't mean to make. <laughs> um, unintentional. Uh, but um, the top, I think, six slots are all the Smashing Pumpkins, Weezer, and Radiohead. So. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what I listened to the most in high school. Certainly what I remember listening to the most. So uh, somewhat guessing, I went Melancholy, The Blue Album, Siamese Dream, OK Computer, Adore, and Pinkerton for those six. Mm. Um, Yeah, certainly my most listened to, uh, I'm sure that uh, The Blue Album is number one. Yeah, that's exceedingly likely. Um, After that... Uh, was where there might be a little bit more interesting information. I think, you know, I definitely loved Better Than Ezra's How Does Your Garden Grow a Ton? So I put mm. that at number seven. Um, and that's one where you, when you go back now, you're like, eh, it's not bad, but um, not as good as I thought it was at the time. I we need, we need to reevaluate that for the show because I'm curious. Yeah, that would actually be a, an interesting one. Um, better Than Ezra generally. Um then I put the Offspring Smash, which was like my favorite album before I really started to develop my taste. Um, so uh, that <laughs> I can still play most of those songs in my memory, um, uh, like Genocide and everything. Um, then I put, I was trying to decide what the Christian rock album I listened to the most was. It might have been Skillet's self-titled ap- album, but uh, I went with Five Iron Frenzy's Upbeats and Beatdowns, which is their first Christian ska album. Um, so um, that was that's just a guess. And then lastly, uh, one my dad introduced me to, Supertramp's, I believe, 1972 album, might be 1971, uh, Crime of the Century, which um, definitely has some good songs on it. I will, I will uh, stick to that interesting yeah um also readily available in used vinyl stores if you're ever you know looking to spend four dollars on a classic album uh i've been trying to focus on your list and not on like i've plummeted down a better than ezra uh (laughs) hole in my mind um it's it's i'd forgotten how much i liked them and how much i listened to them back then uh, I've seen them in concert four times. Oh, really? I never saw them. Yeah. Um, uh, and they they put on a good show. Uh, and, you know, I saw them in, like, the 90s. And I saw them again. They played a free show at Georgetown in, like, 2003. 
and they played basically the exact same show that they played like six years <laughs> earlier. Um, it was very noticeable. Um, uh, it was the end of an era. But, Paul, good. that's a good list. I feel like you can be proud of your list. Well, uh, the, the three of those, uh, I mean, Smash and Upbeats and Beatdowns are not great albums in retrospect. Okay. Um, what's not to be proud of is that it's so unvaried and that what we have here is three excellent but very well-known bands uh, followed by some sort of... Um, I, I mean, I guess there's a little idiosyncrasy with like Supertramp, but that's just because of my dad. Um, but like, you know, I didn't know anything about Pavement or uh, yeah. Husker Du or Sonic Youth. I mean, I'd heard of Sonic Youth, but I didn't listen to them. Um, well, the, the Pixies. There are all kinds of great indie and alternative bands already with extensive discographies that I did not listen to at all in high school is the only shameful thing about this list. If If we'd gone back and like... If you could say when like that moment we're graduating high school in like May of 2000 mm-hmm. and at that point we had been fully exposed to all the music made up to that point that we like like yeah now then would the, we have liked it then at the time? No, I'm not. I I think we would have. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just interested. Well, would it be an interesting exercise? But it's pretty. Like I was thinking more that the list would be just populated by like my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, like built they built to spill and modest mouse. Mm-hmm. Everything that basically they got out off before you know mid two thousand. Yeah, um, which I guess did Moon in Antarctica. It came out in two thousand one. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, but you, the Lonesome Crowded West would have been right, miserable. right. Um, and of course, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel for both of us. Oh, and yeah. Death Cab. Although I, I would say so you listened to Death Cab in high school. That I was did, the, I did, and they yeah. were definitely on my favorite album list by that point. Um, yeah. Uh, and I th- believe in Airplane Over the Sea was as well, except I was kind of devastated that I could not remember when I actually purchased that CD and started listening to it. Mm. But I believe uh, it was before we graduated. <laughs> wow, this is a great conversation. <laughs> All right, so just give us your list, Jeff. Okay, so I tried to decide like what I would say were my favorite albums at that point. May 2000. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very similar to yours, Paul. That's why we have a podcast. It's Weezer, the blue <laughs> blue album, Pinkerton. Uh, I probably would have put Siamese Dream, Melancholy, and Adore on mm-hmm. it. Uh, OK Computer um, and The Benz. Yeah. I think. I'm not sure what I thought of those albums right at that juncture. I know for a while after probably you gave both of those albums to me for my 18th birthday, um, I liked the bins better because it's more, right. you know, emo. That was a but, good gift. Um, <laughs> it was a great gift. We also saw Fight Club at that birthday party. Oh, yeah. Um, so 
all in all, a, a cultural watershed. Anyway, um, did I give you bootleg copies of it, or did I? No, you give me the real thing. I dropped forty bucks on your birthday present. Damn. Maybe you split it with somebody else. Okay, that but makes some, more sense. Somehow I got both of those albums from my okay. birthday. Okay, okay. And actually, that must have been ninety nine. So I guess I turned yeah eighteen. Okay, anyway. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, so I very easily could have put the bins on my list too. I don't know for sure what the top 10 albums i listened to were so just guessing i think so the when you get to the interesting entries on my list uh yeah it's definitely um uh would have been ben folds the un- uh, ben folds five the unauthorized uh-huh. life of reinhold meissner reinhold uh-huh. meissner um, reinhold messner reinhold messner yes um that uh by the end of high school i was obsessed with that album uh and listen to it constantly um mm-hmm. and be interesting to see i i still listen to parts of ben folds i just liked ben folds five a great deal i never got into them but that is a respectable choice like i mean that's that's good uh you know at the time it was definitely a little bit uh un- unusual in that it was piano based but you know good sort of pop rock music they were certainly a bridge into more interesting and complex rock music without being that themselves (laughs) that's a good way to put it um uh oasis what's the story morning glory Mm -hmm. uh, would have made the list uh pink floyd's the wall 100 percent uh both most listened to and top 10 um and then i think death cabs um we have the facts uh mm-hmm. was already uh one of my favorite albums at that point uh little joe did have that amount of solid indie taste uh if you know i remember being intimidated by the fact that you knew about this band death cab for cutie that i had never heard of um and had like multiple of their albums so uh, yeah, I had to go to Park Avenue CDs and like uh, every time I'd go, I'd be like, I hope they have the other album this time. There was literally <laughs> no other way for me to acquire it. Oh my god! Oh, uh, <laughs> like I could not listen to the music. Yeah, if, I, if they did not have the CD in the store, it's so funny to imagine that world. Um, <laughs> it's a bizarre place to I go just, back to. We both had this experience, like how many times I saw Scott Weiland's albums because I was looking for whether they had some random Japanese import Weezer single with right. B-sides that I didn't already own. Right. Um, and, yeah. And then shelling out $30 to listen to two uh-huh. Weezer B-sides. It's amazing how much... How how poor of a value I was willing to get on you know like like new music per dollar, um, considering how utterly destitute I was. <laughs> yes, that part. <laughs> but it's, it's like I, at the time, list being able to listen to I just threw out the love of my dreams all like exactly two minutes of it. Yeah. Um, on my own CD, this like rare Weezer B side with a chick singing, um, uh-huh. seemed like an extremely valuable thing. It was like I yeah. would like whip it out and play it at parties. Yeah. The other funny <laughs> thing, about- <laughs> exactly. That's that's why we got laid so much. Um, 
the other funny thing about this uh, practice is how much uh, both of us focus on, I mean, spurred on by each other to some extent, uh, both of us focused on tracking down the exclusive weird tracks that, uh, you know, just the deepest B-sides um, for our like three favorite artists rather than, um, I, you know, it just didn't occur to me that there were that many other good bands that already existed at the time. Or, you know, I just, I thought if they were, if they were good, I would have heard of them. Um, <laughs> which is funny cause I don't see how I would have heard of them. It's very, you know, I knew like six people I talked to frequently. That's so a, it's a good, like at that point, do you think you were maybe hungry just as open to that new experience as you are now, but you just had no way to find it or were we more closed uh, at that point and more interested in kind of building a relationship with a few bands instead of, you know, listening yeah. to 30 different, uh, you know, nineties indie bands. Yeah. I think, I think I would have been excited to find out that there were, you know, 50 bands or, you know, a hundred albums that I would love already existing that I had never heard of. But at the same time, I think one of the reasons I was a little bit, uh, intimidated about the death cab thing is was like, Oh Jesus, I, I can barely afford to keep my pumpkins habit going on my meager, uh, <laughs> <laughs> chore allowance. <laughs> I, uh, I can't stand to be, get another addiction going on here. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. I mean, I think the frustrating part is maybe that at that point I was even more of a sponge yeah. for new music and might have like gotten a few, uh, things into my brain yeah. that, that wouldn't fit, you know, through all the <laughs> rusty holes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it was only a year after we graduated, a year and a half that OK Computer, or not OK, Kid A came out. And um, I just decided that I was going to listen to every Aphex Twin tra track that existed, which was a wholly new type of music for me. So right. um, I definitely think I would have been open to all those bands. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just took <clears throat> it took me getting uh, aware of the concept of uh, indie bands. You know, frankly, I just didn't didn't realize it was possible for there to be a non mainstream, um, you know, sort of community where an alternate version of success existed. Um, that's that just <laughs> it. It was weird living before the internet really took off. You know. Yeah, and of course, maybe that there were people at that time who liked uh, a band, like Built to Spill, and purposefully mm -hmm. were not telling people about them. <laughs> they, the culture was so different then that there was yeah. value in knowing about it and not immediately doing the equivalent of tweeting about it. Do you think anybody in our graduating high school class of 120 or so people owned a Built to Spill album in the year 2000? I've just had have. Do you think any of them had listened to Perfect from now on from start to finish? Because it came out in 1997. So yeah. you think anyone in our class of like 100 or so people had listened to that? I'd say. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's possible that like. I heard yeah. parts of it. 
But what about like maybe somebody like Cassie? I don't want to bring names into this, but you know, there could be people who had good taste that we just didn't know about. I mean, Todd knew pavement in high school. That's true. So. Pavement was more popular. True. Like more broadly popular because they had they were on MTV. That's true. And and had that sort of like 120 minutes cred uh which is where I found some of this stuff. Um Plus, yeah, see, I didn't really, I never had cable very, yeah. I know we had cable, but I never got to watch MTV because yeah. it was the devil's channel. Right. I mean, that's the thing, that's the one, well, first off, I think you're right. I think probably some of uh, the much cooler people in our high school <laughs> had cool friends who yeah. played them some of these albums. That yeah. would be my guess. And if someone will use Cassie since you already used her name, had heard Perfect from now on and liked it, like there wasn't really much reason for her to tell us. Yeah, nobody, because we would have just been like, "Are they as good as the Smashing Pumpkins?" Um, yeah, they. It wouldn't have been a question. We would have said they're not as good as the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> totally. Um, uh, Wait, had, without having heard it, yeah. I had one other point. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. Uh, it was also that at that point when I was seeking out new music, I was still being exposed to like major label buzz bands, like mm-hmm. all the bands that people were trying to, you know, that were being forced upon me. So like, you know, Nerf Herder. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you ever listened to them. Uh, I I, I think I have, but I can't recall any <laughs> they had a music. <laughs> Van Halen is their most popular song. Popular. But there was just, there were so many bands that were like, I, I don't know. There was like, yeah. a, 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 there's this whole layer between the awesome bands we liked at that point and like indie bands that we were to like. That was like all the kind of shitty bands that were on MTV and the radio back when those things played yeah. alternative yeah. music. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about one of these with uh, Our Lady Peace. You know, right. there were there were a bunch of alternative bands, like or al- quote unquote alternative rock bands of the second and third wave that I can remember recall clearly. I just, you know, my my new music discovery was listening to uh, whatever the fuck Sideshow Bob Taco Bob's uh, show in two, in Orlando was station. Oh God, one hundred four point one. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Paul, one other so one other album that was I would have said was one of my favorites at the end of uh-huh. high school was uh, Blur's Thirteen. Yeah. So as soon as we were talking, uh, as soon as you mentioned Oasis, I realized like, oh, I could have put Blur's self-titled or Thirteen on this list. Yeah. Um, although actually, I couldn't have put Thirteen on this because even though you gave this to me again as a gift for some for some reason, um, it was not until. Uh, like towards the end of my freshman year of college that I realized it was really good. Yeah, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was listening to, uh, to that with like uh, Jesse and yes. Laura. And I, I mean, I remember you playing a Tinder in the car for like all, however many minutes long it is, which yeah. seemed really long at the time. Um, and uh, being like, ah, we're the guitarists. Some but, of the uh, weird electric <laughs> shit on that album is still pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it still sounds uh, uh, as modern as anything else. I actually. guess because William Orbit produced it, that that helps. Yes, yes. Um, R.I.P. Uh, Is he dead? Okay. No, <laughs> just haven't heard from him in a long time. 
that's a good transition point. Yeah. To <laughs> how so? Actually, explain yourself. Well, to like electronic, to like yes. a pop band, a decidedly uh, electro dance influenced pop rock album. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, uh, let's play a track, Joe. I'm okay. going to. Or do you have? If you have one in mind, go ahead. Otherwise, I have one in mind. And you go first. Okay. I'm going to do uh, On Hold. Uh, this is by the okay. XX again from their brand new album, I See You. I don't blame you. We got carried away. I can't hold on to an empty space. Now you've found. When you start to orbit It could be love I think you're too soon to call us old When and where did we go cold? I thought I had you on hold And every time I let you leave I always saw you coming back to me When and where did we go cold? I thought I had you on hold That again was on hold by the XX, um, which is uh, one of the more upbeat and fun songs on the album, I think. Not that it's, uh, well, it's about as as sad and somber as a normal XX album. Um, so, so Paul, yeah, go uh, ahead. Let me let me kick this off. That I'm I brought us here, uh, yeah, because I I tweeted uh, with all sincerity. Please explain to me. Uh, why you like the XX, mm-hmm. and uh, that song is a great example uh, of catchy pop song. Uh, they played mm-hmm. on Sirius XMU. It has been in my head. Uh, seems seems pretty good. You know, decent beat. Um, okay, singing. Uh, wh- <laughs> why is the XX uh, a such a popular band? Why do you like them so mm-hmm. much? Yeah, so that's a good question, and. Uh... I'll preface this as I sometimes do by saying that um, uh, this is a case where if somebody with good taste came to me and said, I just don't understand it. Um, the XX is doesn't grab me. I could, I could actually see that being uh, the case for, uh, for somebody I respected. So um, to start off with, uh, I'm not sure we'll find the answer, but I think I can explain a little bit. Um, so, uh, I actually think it's easiest to describe what's good about them when you go back to their first album, which I think is still their best album, but I've only listened to the new one a couple times, so um, maybe that will change. Uh, but I think, um, you know, <clears throat> they're, they're interesting because they offer a lot of sort of sweet 
nice, uh, enticing uh, pop tropes like um, like you mentioned on uh, on hold, sort of fun, energetic beats. Um, uh, that's true on uh, the original uh, self-titled album and on this one. Um, although actually even more so, I think on the, the self-titled one, uh, they're not just energetic, but, you know, clever and catchy, uh, uh, always very, really well produced. Um, I'm get, I have to say, um, it's not exactly a secret, but, uh, Jamie XX, the like turntablist producer third of the band is, um, certainly sound wise, he's impeccable. Everything is just really, uh, really well mixed in together. Um, but so, I mean, you've got these fun, clever, cool beats that draw you in, and that's great. Um, and then uh, on top of that, um, you have, I think, uh, especially again on the first album, less so on this one, which is more like sample dance music based, but on the first album, um, there's a lot of really clever melodies played with the guitar, uh, good bass lines, and also um, they hardly ever do chords with the guitar, but they do... Uh, a lot of sort of interesting counterpoint between multiple guitar parts at once, um, which uh, which is actually sort of rare amongst pop music, but they managed to make it really catchy while they're doing this sort of just like clean guitar sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think <clears throat> when you, that's really sort of starting to hint at what I think is a little bit unique and interesting about them, because it's not like they're revolutionary or anything, but they sort of offer a weird juxtaposition of um, things that are st- standard and well done and things that are um, where they deny you sort of a key element uh, that's normally mixed in with things. So for instance, like um, uh, on performance, a track here on ICU, um, they do this like big sort of crescendoing buildup to what would for anybody else doing this sort of electronic music be like a big uh, balls out um, uh, beat drop with a major dynamic shift getting really loud and everything. And they instead go into this sort of like gorgeous picked guitar melody harmony thing going on. And uh, it sort of achieves the same effect of building tension and release that so much music does. Uh, but in a totally different way, like they usually don't go for big dynamic shifts, um, even when it feels like they're setting you up for them. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think that, and then lastly, just, uh, the last element that I think really helps it work is, um, that there's something really charming about their vocals, which are sort of sung in a flat way. Um, they, they, I noticed especially Oliver, the, the male singer, uh, is putting a little bit more. Uh, affect into his vocals on this album but still you know they're not there's not a lot of great range there these are not singing contest participants um but uh somehow they combine um catchy vocal melodies in their limited range sung in a very flat affect but that actually touch on a lot of sort of uh heartfelt topics uh you know it's lots of breakup romance type of stuff but it's reasonably well written and so um, there's something about that juxtaposition of the s- singing style and the um, the well-done but well-worn pop subject matter uh, of the lyrics that is, uh, I don't know, sort of charming. Well, I think to your, um, thank you, that was that was thorough. Uh, and <laughs> I think your second to your last point, um, probably where I agree with you the most, is that they are um, pleasingly subtle 
Uh, yeah. There are a lot of points of restraint uh, that uh, it's cool and that is attractive. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's um, it has the flavor of, um, you know, a, 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 an action movie. Uh, where there's, you know, it's so well made and there's very little action and it's just like tightly controlled. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great comparison. Um, And and I think that, you know, I, where Jamie XX has, he does seem extremely capable uh, at what he does. That cleanliness doesn't, tends to come off a little sterile to me mm-hmm. um and i think with the the last point you made with the vocals uh that's where they they lose me and especially on this album um i was thinking of it like the there's this kind of you know heartbreak and longing mm-hmm. that might be represented by you know gatsby at the end of his dock staring at the green light you mm-hmm. know it's sort of like the waves of it are washing over him and uh, on this album it's more like the kind of heartbreaking loneliness or longing that i i feel often that the uh singer has taken a moment uh in the taxi uh between the club and a hookup uh to think for a moment about something that made them sad a while ago uh <laughs> And I, I just am not, I don't relate to it. That's funny. <laughs> um, and that's funny. Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's, go ahead. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm glad we agree about sort of the the cleverness of the way they construct things a little bit, because that's, that's definitely the part I like the best. Um, when you say that, though, about the, the persona and the lyrics, I think if you're, if, if you don't buy that, aspect of it that would explain a lot why you're not going to get into it because I definitely and actually I'm screwed do, yeah <laughs> well I definitely actually do feel the sort of melancholy uh <coughs> reflective um romantic viewpoint that they I think pretty much in, always occupy yeah <coughs> um there are no there are no songs about getting crunk on the weekend on an XX album. Right. Um, well, it's, it's kind of like sadness for popular people is yeah. a dismissive well, that's, way. Yeah. The comparison I came up with was that it's it's like uh, it feels like the climax of like an actually good romantic teen movie to me. Um, like every song could be the soundtrack to, yep. uh, you know, it could could be played on the Romeo and Juliet, uh, you know, the the Leonardo DiCaprio uh uh, one could have uh, <clears throat> could be soundtracked by the XX, no question, if they had existed at the time. See, I I see them more as soundtracking at times the end credits to planet, <coughs> to planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, like the condors rising above the the sea. Um, well, let's okay. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely get a more. I, I get the humanity of what they're doing. Um, so it, I've. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, that's <laughs> we keep been interrupting each other a lot. Not very uh, XX like of us. No. Uh, very punk. Um, so, should we play the song I like the most or the song I like the least? Let's let's do the song you like the least. Uh, okay, let's play Replica. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Thank you. 
replica by the xx and uh joe um i have to apologize for what i just said because uh i was confusing it for another song when i looked at my notes i saw that i had written that this was actually the most boring song on the album so uh it's got a great chorus worthy of uh um uh the 1975 even Uh, (laughs) they all say i will become a replica your mistakes were only chemical uh, oh god that is that's the whole thing um and then the, uh, inoff- then the inoffensive soft rock continues um, <laughs> that's, but, <laughs> that's totally true <laughs> you know this is it's this is the the worst song on an antlers album for instance like that's yes, that's it actually sounds like that yes yeah and and that's I mean, that's not that's where I'm struggling because it actually sounds like the music of bands I like a lot of points like uh, it often sounds, you know, as they listen to uh, U2's, you know, mid 90s electronica phase and are, mm-hmm. you know, interested in how pop uh, they made those sounds. Haha, ha, U2 pun. Um <laughs> And again, that's not a bad thing. Uh, and that's just where I'm struggling with it because I'm not, uh, I'm on board with the, the mission, but mm-hmm. often the execution like here falls short and I feel as though I'm listening to, um, you know, mix what Oh five point one, the station or you know, it's, it's kind of going well with, uh, soft rock yeah. radio pop. Uh, uh- yeah, that's certainly a, a fair com- complaint about like replica, because um, yeah, it just sort of you know shuffles along in that groove a little bit too easily. Easy target. And I, yeah, well, I mean that's fine. The the bad stuff deserves criticism as well. Um, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, so generally the difference with this album versus the first one, and we're skipping over the second one because I listened to it about twice um, because it didn't grab me the way the first one did Um, is um, the differences. Of course, uh, very obviously nobody who was familiar with both could miss this, that they've gone from uh, applying very light electronic, uh, you know, touches uh, filigrees around the quiet guitar, bass uh, drums thing they were doing before to, uh, really basing a lot of songs on samples and using a lot of synths in them. Um, more, you know, pretty much even with the guitars in the in the sort of contribution to the music mix. And um, I do think they have actually lost a little bit about what made them interesting um, in doing that. I just think that on the first album, uh, a lot of the guitar lines were just really cleverly written and uh, engaging. And they still have some of those in this and the samples aren't bad for the most part. Um, uh, like you could hear some great ones in on hold, like we were just listening to, but, um, I just don't find it quite as, uh, quite as clever, quite as interesting. Um, this time around, it's still a really good album, I think, but, um, 
it's it's I'm not sure that they uh, and they may need to go in a more you know less traditional direction like this to grow, but uh, I'm not sure they've reached those heights again. Yeah, I re-listened to uh, you know the the more popular tracks from the first album for this mm-hmm. and remembered that those uh, perhaps were clearer. Uh, in espousing the values that I previously highlighted that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily uh, relate to. Uh, they were just too cool for <laughs> Joe school. Uh, That's funny. I don't feel that way about them. They, they, <laughs> I, I, I believe that they are sad about their, their relationships. I don't know. Well, here's okay. So let's, let's set this up. Our, our There are other bands that maybe what other bands fall into the XX's category? Uh, We're talking about lyrical subject matter wise, or no, no, just overall, wise? overall. Like who who's in their lane with them? That's the thing is I don't I can't think of too many other people who are doing. Uh, I just I said this is either history's saddest party music or history's most hard partying sad music. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Those are are good lines. I would listen to that music. (laughs) Um, Because it really is, uh, you know, danceable and partying a lot of times, but also just like, it's very glum and very sad, which that in itself is sort of mockable. But um, I can't think of too many groups that are trying to pull those two things off at the same time. So if you have some examples, I'd love to hear it. Well, no, it's actually, that's, I think, you know, my ultimate, uh, the conclusion I came to to answer my own question is that uh, the XX is unique and mm. has very few competitors in their lane uh, yeah. and and brings um, a, the combination of things you highlight at the beginning uh, to the table. Um, and it's, you know, that sort of that excellent... Or I would say, you know, top one percent DJing skill, mm-hmm. uh, and being committing to making a rock album behind that uh, is rare. Um, yeah, they might be. You might say that you know it. It takes <laughs> incubus. Is yeah. there's a comparison? <laughs> that's it. That's the thing. That's I. They came to my mind as well. Like it's so easy to end up like incubus. Um, but yeah. I guess put some well, scratches where the solo would be. I guess my where I was thinking of them is you know in comparison to okay uh, Sylvan Esso, uh, mm-hmm. somewhat derided band on this podcast, um, yeah. or uh, you know Fantagram, who is a band I I really like, um, and I think has their music is a lot more engaging, although perhaps less has less depth i don't know if you've listened to them much but i've listened to the singles and never gotten around which i liked and never gotten around to discovering the rest which is a mistake right so um, that's i mean that's my question is um i I guess one other one i was thinking of as a comparison is would you consider especially on this new album would you consider there to be any interesting comparisons to them in purity ring uh definitely i mean purity ring does something different to create yeah well they yeah he he yeah they they play like this strange instrument made of pipes that plays samples when you hit it so (laughs) i did um, not know that really weird stuff um 
Uh, but yes, that could be the closest um, sonically. But when it comes to Purity Ring's lyrics and the overall atmosphere, they're just so much trippier and weirder mm. uh, to me. Like as much as it's sort of been transformed into club music by its popularity, that's it still feels to me like what's being played at a weird party. Gotcha. Purity ring, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, huh. I wish I had a more solidly formed opinion about purity ring to bring to the comparison I just raised. But um, so that maybe I'll go explore that myself. There you go. But uh, yeah. Um, in the end, I don't know. Uh, I think just the fact that, uh, the XX is so good at what's actually a fairly traditional art in structuring songs with, uh, like we said, like I said, build and release, um, and applies a few new textures on top of that. Um, you know, there also aren't a whole lot of bands that use the duet as their primary, uh, means of, uh, you know, vocal delivery anymore. Um, True. So that's cool too. Um, and uh, that's, that's really why I like them in the end. It makes me, it, it makes me feel like um, uh, it just adds, it creates a sort of dramatic aura. Um, a lot like uh, experiencing a work of drama in another f- uh, medium like uh, film or novel or uh, theater can do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what is, the, what is your favorite song from ICU, Joe? Uh, I uh, love the song uh, Lips, which we'll play uh, at the end of the show, uh, really is what they excel at. And I see the full beauty of not just what the XX does, but of indie pop here. Um, Mm -hmm. It's able to bring new sounds uh, and edit them uh, well, Not, not just in the technical sense, but in uh and an emotional and artistic one very nice good stuff yeah uh, i would recommend performance which uh, has the moment i described earlier with sort of a building to a crescendo that comes but in a weird way um or a violent noise which sounds a lot like uh a total smash club anthem except they forgot to put the the hard drum beat in and that actually works so um yeah, it's a good album. Definitely uh, worth checking out. And um, even if it's not maybe for me as good as their first one, uh, signals that they are, uh, you know, trying new things out. And, um, you know, they're still pretty young. Jamie XX is still only 28. Uh, so uh, hopefully a lot in future uh, for them, at least for those of us who like the XX. Uh, wow. Just to close it out, I looked up what uh, Spotify considers related artists to the XX um, and Ooh. Spotify having has a lot of trouble with the, <laughs> with the XX uh, they suggested Bombay Bicycle Club which is weird indie dance shit I, I don't know I've heard of I, I remember hearing that name I don't they have a catchy single like. um, Foles which is yeah, nothing like the XX odd. Uh, Likey Lie which I can see that. All right. Uh, Hot Chip, which is just... uh, Well, they went to the same high school, so... There you go. Someone who likes XX could very well like the Hot Chip, but whether the music is related, I don't know. And the last two are War Paint and Phoenix, which, I don't know. 
Actually, I will say, I think the war paint comparison makes some sense in that you do get a little bit of a similar uh, lilting, haunting, not hard, but uh, entrancing vibe. From yeah, Earth. and and uh, the Phoenix comparison makes a bit of sense, too, in that they would, conti- you know, they, they're dedicated to uh, a certain form of restraint. Yeah. Uh, a European a European restraint. <laughs> I would say uh the XX and Phoenix uh if they were at the same party in high school, Phoenix is the smart guy who's popular and can dance and inter- and hang out with all the cool kids. The XX are definitely uh doing ketamine in a back room in this at this uh house party. Hmm. There you go. I I could uh I just want to go to that party. <laughs> Absolutely. Because Hot Chip's probably there, too. Yeah, no question. Life of the party, definitely. Uh, yeah, def- the, the funny popular nerd is Hot Chip, I yes, say. Yes, totally. Um, okay. Uh, we were going to do our uh, plea for interaction earlier in the episodes, but we forgot this time, Joe. So um, right. I will remind everyone to please uh, follow us and... Uh, uh, tweet at us at Savage Beast Pod on Twitter. Email us at savagebeastpod at gmail.com. I now have it set up to check on my phone, which makes it easy. Um, and check our website out at savagebeastpod.com. Uh, and also, please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes um, so that the computers will tell your friends about us and you don't have to. Yeah, make the robots do the work. It's, uh, they're going to do it all eventually. Just your voice and my soul. Just your love. Just your shadow. Just your voice.